The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, we're so happy you guys joined us today as we are back in studio, I don't know, 14, 15 that we're on now. Uh, we record in a bunch of different locations. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, but we're back. Uh, got the regular cast of characters here with us. Jason Worth, Brad Brown, guys. Uh, it's been before Nationals, but uh, how's everything going for you guys? Oh, going, I'm going well. Yeah, uh, go. Um <laughs> Had a rough and tumble Knoxville Nationals, but uh, I had to regroup, and we're back in the saddle and ready to ready to hit the ground running again. So we're ready to tackle this show. Uh, I love this introduction that you you taped the quick time introduction. That's I still love that. I don't I don't get tired of hearing that. See, and really, I thought it was about time we'd need to change it up a little <laughs> bit. But I don't know if Kyle Larson keeps winning. I mean, he might be the uh, the staple of the uh, the quick time right there. Yeah, no kidding. No, uh, I had a good weekend uh, watching a lot of racing on TV. So, uh, you know, making the most of my Dirt Vision subscription and uh, staying out of the heat. So, uh, looking looking forward to a lot of the racing we got coming up. And around here, we got kind of uh, our month of money, as it were, here in Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot. I, I did buy the uh, the Nationals on pay per view. I, I cannot make the trip up there, but. I let my uh, my flow racing subscription lapse. I need to need re up that. But uh, yeah, I mean, this past weekend spent the day out at the lake uh, riding jet skis and grilling hamburgers, and uh, spent the evening off at a, at a Salt Dogs baseball game. So it wasn't too bad. But like you said, uh, the Nebraska Speed Weeks, month of money, whatever yeah. you want to call it, <laughs> uh, it's going to kick off because uh, we got a couple big shows coming up here in the Cornhusker State. Then, then, then yeah. In the next couple of days and, and weeks, as uh, the World Outlaws return to I eighty Speedway on Friday night, then uh, the following weekend is the uh, the big one at Over at Eagle Raceway with the three hundred five Race Saber Nationals. And then, yeah, following up after that, we got two big sprint car races at I eighty again to kind of close out a good chunk of the year here. So, yeah, and speaking of with the Outlaws uh, coming to I eighty on Friday, we are going to be joined by a guy who has a lot of uh, success, but. In the 360 out there at, at I-80, uh, Blackjack Brian Brown is going to join the program again, and uh, he's on fire lately. Uh, he's teamed up with Danny Danny Lasoski, as we mentioned before, and uh, he's, I think he's going to be a, a contender out there this weekend. Yeah, ever since they got together, uh, I, I'm kind of anxious to see. I, I know um, we'll probably get a, a politically correct uh, answer from him, but I'm kind of interested to see what uh, Danny brought to the table because ever since they made that change. Brian has found speed, and he is a contender every race now. He had a rough ending in the Knoxville Nationals, but uh, that guy's been running up front, and he's been a contender uh, every race since uh, uh, Lasoski joined the, the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's not the only one that had a rough Knoxville Nationals. Uh, our, our buddy Paulie Mann uh, had yeah, one of the one of, yeah one of the scariest crashes I've seen out there in a while. And uh, I was listening to Eric Arnold's uh, The Dirt from Knoxville podcast uh, today, and they were mentioning uh, how quickly Paul got out of that car when it was on fire, and it was kind of like three seconds. And for a guy that got his bell rung that bad, it's it's pretty amazing that adrenaline can take over like that and you can get out of those cars that quick. 
that and then that safety crew member, shoot, he dodged a car to get out there and be Johnny on the spot and start shooting a um, fire extinguisher at that fire. Yeah, props to all of them and for for Paul to have his wits about him enough to get out of that car because it's not easy to get out of those cars on on a on a, a good day and then for him to have to get out when there's fire and yeah, especially bell when, especially when he's running one of those uh, closed enclosed uh, yeah. side panels like he does, kind of like what's. A lot of the guys do, and I mean, there's been controversy of, you know, you can't get out that quick. Well, Paul proved that you, yeah. you can. Paul did, yeah, yeah. So, sounds like he's still suffering from concussion syndrome uh, symptoms, so uh, hope he gets better and he can get back into the seat uh, sooner than later. Yeah, I, I sent him a text after he announced it saying that we were thinking of him and hope he gets better soon. So, yeah, hopefully uh, everything clears up and he'll be back in that five car here real quick. I know Ian Madsen's subbing for him right now, and I don't... I think he's had decent runs, but I don't think he's had any any outstanding runs in that car since. But uh, uh, you would expect it with a change of driver and crew and all that stuff. So uh, just getting used to each other. But this is a new weekend, and we'll see what Ian can do in the five car. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's go to our, before we are joined with Brian, uh, just some topics that you want to run down. I see Brad has a list over there. <laughs> and when, What's first on your list there? Well, um there's a hot shoe out there that uh, not a lot of people know, uh, unless you're from Pennsylvania. Anthony Macri, uh, he drives the Macri Concrete number 39 out there at uh, in Pennsylvania, mostly at Williams Grove and Port Royal. But uh, he's he's a young, exciting kid. He he's a gasser and uh, he loves the half miles. And he went to Knoxville this year for the first time. And uh, uh, he he uh, he he he's an amazing kid. He I'm a big fan from uh, I'm watching from afar, but I'm a big fan. And he swept the weekend. He went to Williams Grove and won. Went to Port Royal, won that. And then Sunday, I think he was going to run a 360. But I honestly can't tell you if he won that. 360 but is it a 360 or a 358 out there in pa uh 360 uh, there's both but uh he was going to jump in a 360 car so uh um, but uh, yeah keep your eye out for anthony macri that guy is a, a gasser out there in pennsylvania and he's definitely got money they showed a picture of his shop and he had six cars sitting there so <laughs> he's 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 got the money behind him uh and he's got the talent he's just getting bigger and, or better and better and faster so uh yeah he had a, he had a good nationals i mean he stuck it on the show on there on the hard knocks night and uh, you can tell that it, it meant a lot to him, you know, during the uh, the post-race interviews that they were talking to him and getting choked up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. So too, it was, it was a big deal for for a guy like that coming out there and, and making the show. Yeah, definitely. And for him being a rookie, uh, first time in Knoxville, uh, I don't know if he went there earlier this year or not. I, I want to say maybe he did once. but uh, I think he was out there last year. Has during, he, yeah, I thought he was out there kind of during that. The return to racing yeah, or whatever it was COVID, yeah. let's race at yeah. these three racetracks every weekend but yeah. his first nationals and for him to do what he did was, is very impressive so keep an eye out for that guy yeah for sure then uh locally we had a uh a return of a uh a legend i want to say as, <laughs> as as billy alley made his return to uh to the uh dirt surface over at uh, off-road speedway in norfolk and uh put the car on the pole his first night out there yeah, i we i think a lot of people miss billy and you know just how much he how well he could wheel it and how well you know regardless of how he was doing but uh it was so much fun to watch him run and it was great to see him back in a car i think it was kind of a surprise because i all of a sudden i saw a post on facebook like what the what the yeah hell? I, I, I like i said i didn't go anywhere this weekend and i, I get on facebook and i see you know billy's in the in the, in the uh, craig bolts 1a car and i'm like what the fuck this is awesome i wish i would have been out the racetrack <laughs> yeah. 
he had a big old smile on him too. He went a little bit backwards, but you, that would expected that would be expected with him being back in the car for the first time in a few years. Yeah, and he's probably not in race shape. Uh, so, but man, just to see Billy or hear Billy Alley made the race, uh, got to, got to the racetrack and made it in a in a race car. It's it's exciting because everybody loves Billy Alley. Yeah, I definitely miss watching him, and I it's he's another one of the guys out there that I didn't enjoy it when it was happening, and now that. He's not racing as much as it's a little depressing and wish I could have appreciated what we saw out there. Cause he definitely took Nebraska by storm and kicked a lot of people's asses while he was out here. It It's sad to say that I've seen it, but it was fun to say I've, you know, and, and not saying it's over because obviously he's back, but is it was fun to watch the career and he could watch that whole progression. And, you know, he comes out to Eagles first year and just takes it absolutely by storm and then goes out to Knoxville and, yeah. you know, wins championship, wins 410, wins 360, and all the way to the Hall of Fame this, you know, induction this year. Yeah, it's, definitely. Too bad he had to get married and have kids and life changed. Every, <laughs> life changes for everybody. Changes for everybody. Um, I don't, I don't uh, uh, blame him at all for any of that. But, uh, yeah, we all love Billy Alley. And, and he was a crowd favorite. Everybody loved Billy. Oh, yeah. He was competitive. He was great with the kids. He was great with the fans. So uh, good to see him back in the seat. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see him a couple more times this year uh, when we uh, close out the season. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, too bad he had to get married and have kids. But I can guarantee you he would not change that for the world. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah. I think he's living a pretty good life with uh, watching his kids get involved with sports and act- extracurricular activities and stuff like that. Plus, his house is a man cave. That's an awesome house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What's next on the list? Uh, oh, I don't know what you want to all tackle. Um, we can talk about Schatz's recent success, Kyle Larson again, um, the Knoxville Nationals. Isn't, isn't talking about Kyle Larson kind of like beating a dead horse right about now? Yeah, it pretty much is. Uh, what can you say about Kyle that hasn't already been said? I mean, he he ran an amazing Knoxville National race. Uh, he got luckier in hell his qualifying night. That track was completely closed up, and he at the at the last second the the Sawyer Phillips' front front end moved over just enough for for Kyle to swing through there, and so he goes from twenty first to tenth. Just uh, and it was no nothing that he did other than sneak through that crash. Yeah, he was just part in the Red yeah. Sea. Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes out there and he he gets like a three point six second lead on the Nationals, and you could see when it was time for him to go. When it was about tw- lap twenty five, he went by shots and then he he took off after the break and went 3.6 second lead and he was gone you could see it was time for him to go so. i was i was listening I, I don't remember what podcast it was it was one of the either the dirt or wing nation or something like that open red maybe and when he uh took that lead at the right before the break he pulls in and paul silva comes up there and he's like well what do you think and kyle's like just kind of shrugs yeah just shrugs yeah. his shoulders <laughs> well, he, he alluded to that later on in another podcast, and he said he didn't really know what it felt, what he was feeling, because he said that track changed at that time. Yeah. So he didn't know if he liked it, the bottom groove, the high groove, the middle groove. He didn't know what he thought yet, so he didn't really know what to tell Paul Silva. But but think of what that's got to be for him. It, it it might seem an entire like gulf for him, you know, between the bottom middle, whereas on the clock or something, it's like. A hundred, few hundreds here, a few hundreds here, a few hundreds here with that guy. So it's it's amazing to well, what you got to give props to the crew. Um, he said that with about twenty seconds to go in the pit stop, they noticed that one of the front tires was blistering. So they changed the front tire in twenty seconds yeah. and, and got him out there without any punishment. Unlike uh, Marks and 
Tat- was it Tatnall? Tatnall. Tatnall yeah, got punished Tatnall. because they mm-hmm. were still working on the car after the after the five minute horn. So, uh, props to the crew on there too, man. They that's that's very impressive. What's really impressive is Silva put a new tire on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> With twenty five to go, put a new tire on. Yeah, yeah. I mean he, he changed. He obviously, he changed his right rear, but most everybody changed both rear tires, and Paul left the left rear alone. And yeah, I guess that that's the key to winning is just if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Right. Well, yeah, it just shows how good Kyle is with tires, yeah. and just and you could kind of tell it, you know, toward that three chord mark. You you know, you just kind of keeping it going, keeping it safe, keeping it steady, and then shots found that rubber at the end and start yeah. making the run, and all of a sudden off he goes, you yeah. know, so. Uh, shots made a race out of it. I'll give him that. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised shots had as good as nationals as he, as he did. Absolutely. The, you know, talk about finding things. Uh, it appears, it appears that shots has found something in that Ford to get him to be more competitive again, because he had a really good Knoxville nationals. And then he goes up to West West Fargo. West Fargo. Yeah, and, Red River Valley. Yeah, and, there. and he wins his 301st A feature. Uh, in front of the home crowd. And, yeah. And he got a podium. Was he on the podium at, at Husets? He was up front anyway, top five. Uh, yeah, I um, don't know. So All I know is Gravel 1. It was Gravel, McCarlin, Wayne Johnson was third. No, Wayne, Wayne, no, Wayne, Wayne was, was sixth. Third? I think it was Shots. Okay. I think it was Shots. But anyway, he's he's starting to be what Donnie Shots has always been and competitive, winning, passing cars, and so uh, they must have found something in that Ford that they really like because it's now getting back to being a competitive number fifteen. Yeah, definitely. And from what I hear is uh, that Ford motor is now being built by by Shaver, yeah. and and it had a lot to do with uh, cams and all that sort of stuff. So. They're finally getting that that power range figured out where you know you need to be at what eight thousand RPMs or whatever, and how you how you can keep that power rainbow or whatever you want to call it, the power band at a consistent arc. So yeah, and I don't know anything about motors, by the way, guys. <laughs> sounds like it, <laughs> but it uh, sounds like you do something. <laughs> just but, it's that, but when you have a driver and, and throttle control, is so important in a sprint car that if you can't, you know, if, if it's unpredictable, traction control, traction control is yeah, illegal. Yeah. Throttle control is is what you should be doing, but um, you know, I want to say traction control is supposed to be in your right foot. Yeah, so. yeah ask Kyle Larson. But if you can't, yeah, if you can't, um, you know, if you can't predict where your motor's going to go, it makes it tough to drive yeah. for anybody. And so it's it's good. To, I you know I I think everybody you know I saw like Knoxville White. You know, was everybody booing shots? Well, because the guys won 10 times. They're going to yeah. boo shots. Yeah, it's the same reason they boo, boo Kinzer. Yeah, they'll boo anybody. They boo a winner. But it is. And then they also boo Terry McCarl, but everybody else does too. <laughs> but it's it's uh, when you've been watching shots lately, and, and this was even before Knoxville. You know, he was he's starting to pick up that speed. Yeah. Uh, look out, because this could be an interesting. Uh, now, Brad Sweet's still holding up. You know, he, he ain't losing the ground. He ain't losing, you know, he ain't getting the DNFs like. Um, like it was last year when it kind of made it yeah. a little interesting, but yeah. but watch out for that. I I would be surprised to see if that uh, there's only so many races left, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that battle tighten up at the end. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, let's take a quick break, and we will be uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by Blackjack Brian Brown. All right, joining us on the phone now is the driver of the FVP Casey's General Stores, uh, number twenty one, Blackjack Brian Brown. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad to have glad to be on again, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Brian. Not a problem. 
So uh, you, you're probably sick and tired of talking about it, but uh, you had a big crew chief change just right before King's Royal with Daniel Lasowski coming on, and you guys have been kicking everybody's ass lately. So, I mean, what, what's the big difference there? Is it more of a kind of a morale change, or is it just something you guys are doing different with the car? Because you had a lot of success with Chad Morgan in your career, and like everybody knows the past year or so, you, you haven't had Brian Brown standards. But Danny comes on, and it's like, boom, flip a, flip of a switch, and you guys are back. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of both, you know, um, you know, me and Chad were together and had a lot, a lot of success over 12 years. And uh, that's a long time and crew chief and drivers being together. Um, but after a while, you know, sometimes your ideas just don't line up and, you know, it's just uh, time for a change. And that's that's where it was. And um, uh, we, we were able to get Danny and Chad went to work for Ayrton Jennington and he's doing a good job for them. So, uh Chad's a good crew chief, and um, you know he he's going to have success no matter where he goes. And um, like I said, I've, we're still good friends, and wish him nothing but the best. But just time to make a change. We were able to bring Danny on, and um, you know Danny, and along with uh, Nate Steinhouse and my dad Robert uh, and myself, we just uh, been buzzing along there and just um, you know clicking on all eight cylinders. Our car has been uh, really good everywhere we've been. I feel like I've been driving pretty good. And, um, it's the whole puzzle. You just can't bring Danny in and, and change the world. He doesn't have a magic wand. It takes everybody in the whole entire team believing and, and buying in and, you know, one, one missing piece of the puzzle and your puzzle's not complete. So, uh, it's been a fun month and a half. And I feel like that we're, we're carrying good speed into, uh, obviously I-80 in Knoxville and then, uh, we'll head East to do some Pennsylvania racing. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the well, you mentioned I-80 there, and uh, you've had a lot of success there in the, in the past, albeit in a 360, and Danny's won tons of races out there with the Outlaws, with the NS, or National Sprint League or whatever. What's it going to take to uh, to beat the uh, top sprint car drivers out there this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking I-80s. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I-80s always been one of my better tracks. Um, you know, I feel like that. You know, uh, first and foremost, you've got to get qualified in, and you know, obviously, if you do that, you'll you'll be in a good spot for the heat and get a good dash draw, and just uh, you know, try to go in there just with the mindset of let's get a top five, and and um, you know, if you, you have that mindset and you put yourself in that position, um, you know, you you can can race for a win. So, uh, uh, like I said earlier, I like I like where our team's at, speed wise, morale wise, um, just chemistry wise. Um, you know, Casey's FEP car has been good, and um, like I said, just uh, have to have all the things I just mentioned, though, to be able to uh, to beat those guys. And even even if you don't have that stuff, even if you do have that stuff, sometimes they're they're tough to beat. So they're the best in the world for a reason, and against them. What what is it about I eighty that that you like? In, in previous conversations that you and I have had, you you've alluded to the fact that you kind of have to drive the car just a little bit different than other tracks uh, uh, due to the configuration of the track. You don't just drive in and pitch it sideways and go around a corner. That you you have I forget how you explained it to me previously, but something about the pitch of your car is different at I-80 Speedway than other tracks because of the configuration. So can you, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but can you allude to that a little bit and kind of touch on that for us knuckleheads that don't, has never sat in a race car before? Yeah, I've had too many crashes since then, buddy. I can't remember <laughs> what I did yesterday, let alone, let alone what I told you two years ago. But no, I mean, I think what, what, what just excites me about always coming to I-80 is they just, the Kasiskis that do a phenomenal job on the track prep. There's always a, 
a good bottom. Uh, it's always slick to a, to a good curb. A lot of times it's up against the fence and, um, it's a place that you know, your car's got to be right to, to be fast there. And if you, if you're, if your car's right, it's pretty easy to drive. If your car's off, it's, it's pretty tough to drive. So, uh, I've had some good cars there. Um, I've had some bad cars. I mean, I've, I last year at the outlaw show, I missed the show. So, um, you know, so there's just because you won there five years ago or, you know, or you had success doesn't mean that's going to repeat every single night. Um, like I said, so it's, um, I just feel like it's a great size configuration for, for wing sprint cars. And, um, you know, they do, do a great job with the track. And if you mix those two together, it's usually, uh, usually great racing. Well, we've talked about this on this uh, podcast previously, but one of the best races I've ever seen was uh, one one year you and Billy Alley were going at it, and you guys were sliding each other every corner, and it was a completely clean race. There was no touching, and it was just an amazing race. And so uh, Billy Alley got back into the seat last weekend at a, at a 360 race, and I think he finished sixth. But uh, this – in the years past when you and Billy Alley, you guys seem to always battle at I-80 Speedway. Was that a, a, a friendly rivalry between you two, or was it just a little bit – it just brought out the best in both of you because everybody knows that you were a, uh, you were always a contender when you get there, and then Billy was kind of defending home turf. So uh, was was that kind of a friendly rivalry between you two? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, at times, sometimes it could have been more unfriendly than friendly, but – um, you know, he was lucky enough to get inducted to the Knoxville Hall of Fame there a couple weeks ago and was able to spend some time with him. And yeah, I mean, that was, we had a lot of fun back in those days, man. Um, you know, uh, I knew when I came to Nebraska, you know, he was the guy to beat, and, you know, and he knew when, um, you know, he came to my neck of the woods that, you know, we were trying to protect our ground. So, uh, yeah, it, it's always good, you know, when you're growing up you know, cause we're kind of the same age and kind of coming up at the same time to have somebody that you are, this is guys was pushes you to the next level or pushes you to be the best you can be. And, you know, down here I had Jesse Hockett, um, you know, then when we went to the races around here, we knew if we left with the trophy, when Jesse was there, that we were on that night. And, um, you know, when, when we went to I-80 or Eagle or any of those places in Nebraska, or even at Knoxville late, later on in um, in our careers, we knew if we if we beat Billy Alley um, and Bob Richardson, you know, and his dad Stewart, you know, we did something right. And I think uh, it pushed us both to be better race car drivers. Um, you know, I feel like that Billy's Billy could have been as good as anybody. Um, you know, he just chose you know, with his family and things like that. And you know, I chose to 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 do what I'm doing. But like I said, it's a uh, you know, he, he reminded me he was the first one to get in the Hall of Fame, too. So that's he's he always <laughs> he had the one up me. I did like I always told him back there. Just remember, 22 always comes before 21. Or sorry, 21 always comes <laughs> before 22. Yeah, so, yeah. Just, so just uh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, and like I said, it's I can't think of one time we raced that close for that many years. And I don't can't think of one time we touched wheels. Um, and that to me, that probably means as much as you know, beating him, uh, or him beating me of, we raced each other that hard, but we raced each other clean and had the respect for each other to, uh, to do, to do that. Well, Brian, if you're going off that number thing, uh, you're kind of screwed right now. Cause Billy was in a one a this weekend. 
Yeah, but he ran six. So how'd that work out? <laughs> All right. I thought it was one. I think it. I think it was one B though. Yeah, it's one B. Yeah. Is it a one B? Because yeah, bolts is a. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. If you're gonna give me stats, you better give me the right stats. Now. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm just a knucklehead with a microphone. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, it's it's good to see you smiling again because for a, for a while there, when, during certain interviews, you could just see it on your face that it's. Uh, um, um, you obviously love the sport and everything, but it was you were just not getting the results that you were used to, and and. After I seventy and and uh, Eldora, uh, your smiles back and you kind of got a little uh, uh, little I don't know pep in your giddy I guess or you're 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 back and it's really fun to watch you out there racing and uh, and doing what uh, what we all are accustomed to Brian Brown doing. Yeah, I mean I I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself, man. Like I, you know I, I'm I want to race good. I want to be good. I want to contend for races. I want to contend for wins. I want to win big races. I want to be in contention. Um, you know, and as an owner and a driver, when you don't do that, you know, in, in life, I feel like when you start racing, you either get used to winning or you get used to losing. Um, and if you get used to losing, you know, 10th or eighth or ninth or fifth, Oh man, that's a good night. Oh, it's okay. When you get used to winning, you know, you want to win. If you run fifth or sixth or eighth or 10th, it's like, man, you're mad at the world. And those nights just keep adding up and adding up and adding up. Next thing you know, you're mad at the world every single day. Um, and you know, sometimes you just got to sit back and realize we're very, very lucky to be able to, to drive race cars for a living. Um, you know, and I just, I just want to win. I want to be in contention to win these races. And when I feel like I'm not able to do it no more, or I'm not able to be in contention, you know, I'm going to do something else just because just too much work and too much, uh, too much pressure, you know, gets put on to, um, to do it. It's not like just me and my grandpa on a pickup truck and just having fun. There's on this, you know, on this race team that deserve results. And, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to produce those for those, for those partners. Well, speaking of results, there's one, uh, there's one thing that you can claim that not a lot of people can this year. You beat Kyle Larson. So, uh, you know, how, how's, how's that feel for you? How's, how is that? What kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, bump did that give you? Yeah. I mean, it was good. Um, we had a really good race over at Oskaloosa and I felt like that, um, you know, we kind of went toe to toe with him for a couple of laps and I felt like that we were one corner away from clearing him and beating him there. Um, that was, I feel like, you know, um, you know, on level ground so much, you know, where we were both right there. We start on a restart. We we're able to race, um, the other race I started off, I started fourth, he started 20th or any end up starting a little further forward ahead. But so I don't feel like that. Um, yeah, we beat him. I mean, that's definitely correct, but, um, he was chasing us. Um, you know, would, would have just loved to have a restart maybe later, just, just to see, make sure that we, we, we could have beat him, but, um, he's pretty unbelievable, man. Like we're, we're, I don't think there's been anybody I, I've never seen. I wasn't lucky enough to see, you know, um, you know, AJ, you know, and, and Mario and, um, you know, Jan Opperman. I can back in, you know, the day, but I was, I seen Doug Wolfgang. I seen Sammy Swindell. I seen Steve Kinzer. I seen Dan Lasowski. I've never seen anybody as good as Kyle Larson, you know, um, can just hop on anything. Um, just, uh, we're so fortunate to be able to have somebody that's that good a driver in our era that's really connecting all of motorsports um late model fans watch him when he's in when he's in a sprint car sprint car fans watch him when he's in his late model nascar fans watch him when he's on dirt 
sprint car fans watch him when he's on NAS in NASCAR. There's just there's nobody. I mean, you, there's nobody that's doing what he's doing that's connecting. He's he's in the middle connecting five or six different dots. That's just pushing the needle for all of motorsports. And uh, it's awesome to be able to race against him, and it's awesome to be able to, be able to beat him. If, you know, even even if it was for one night. But uh, what he's doing is pretty remarkable. And the, if you get the opportunity and you got thirty five dollars, you better buy a ticket and go go see the kid race because he's a uh, he's one of a kind. Yeah, you mentioned that he he's kind of bringing the uh, whole motorsports world together. Uh, you had the opportunity this uh, this summer to uh, you know make your NASCAR truck debut at Knoxville, and he also ran that SRX thing. How do you th- do you think that is another way to bring like you know more attention to us us dirt guys uh, with like the SRX being live on CBS and obviously the truck race everybody watch watches that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was good, you know, but the SRX, you know, being able to, you know, um, inform people that don't know that, hey, Knoxville is in Iowa, not Tennessee. I mean, people, (laughs) you know, people, people watch that. That was live on CBS, which is good for good for a sport, you know, lucky enough to have a a guy like myself to be able to run. And obviously at the uh, at the truck race, you know, Donnie and uh, Parker Price Miller and myself, um, I just felt like that uh, was an awesome opportunity for all three of us to to really, you know, showcase that you know we're on dirt. I feel like we got some good exposure, you know, from from National or on Fox. And uh, yeah, I was it was I really enjoyed doing it. Um, we were lucky enough, um, you know, we ended up being got in a couple of wrecks and got a couple of laps down, but got our laps back and was ended up eighth. So I mean, that's if I never run another truck race, there's not many guys that can say they ran top 10 in the first ever truck race so i'm i'm happy with that and um would love the opportunity to, to do it again kyle bush motorsports along with rowdy energy and casey's it was a, a great opportunity and um like i said just uh looking forward to maybe doing it again one day was it kind of what you expected it to be or was it a complete surprise to you was there something that was like oh i didn't even think about that or was it pretty much what you expected with the car with them being heavier and wider and slower than a sprint car was it pretty much what you expected um yes i mean i i really didn't know i think i had a better idea of what to expect once i run the srx car um you know the srx car like you know they gave us i think six practice laps um the on the night before and you know i i had just trying to push the limit i had spun it out a couple times in six laps or eight laps or whatever it was so <laughs> i didn't i honestly on that friday night after you know the friday night just because man i just didn't i didn't i didn't feel comfortable and now here we are on national tv and you know i didn't want to embarrass our you know dirt track racing so i felt like i ran all the laps there and got more comfortable and you know, I felt like I, that helped me a lot getting into the truck just with shifting and doing a lot of things that, you know, using your mirrors and things like that that you wouldn't even think think about, um, you know, and then you know, obviously being in a heavier heavier vehicle. But I felt like when, when we got in the truck, I felt like I adapted. I think we were in the top 10 in you know, practice and, you know, um, I felt like even if we wouldn't have gotten those wrecks, we were going to be, my, you know, a, a top 15 truck. So, um it was good. I I I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not something I'd want to do on an everyday basis, but I would love to love the opportunity to do it again one day. Did you have a spotter in the truck race? Yeah, no spotter in the SRX, but yes, we did have a spotter. Brent Wentz was my spotter in in, in the truck race. Which uh, how did you get used to that? Was that something? 
Yeah, I mean, it was different. I mean, um, and that's kind of what got me into, you know, one of my wrecks is, you know, it's it's so hard once you get caught on the outside to get down. And, you know, they were saying inside, inside, inside. And you just, I pushed a limit and, you know, the guy was halfway up my side and I just got spun out. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, um, different, um, just because, you know, with sprint cars or there's no, it's kind of the braille method. You have to just do it with your senses and, you know, sensing somebody's around you or you can hear the vibration of the ground, you know, telling there's somebody on one side or the other. And, um, you know, just a, a whole nother animal. I mean, and, um, you know, with, I hadn't shifted, you know, ran anything, you know, since I was 16, 18 years old and, you know, and that was just a five speed truck. Yeah. So this is getting in there is like, okay, don't kill. It's just a f- normal four speed, but don't, you don't want to kill it on pit road. So just a lot goes into it. I mean, um, that the normal average Joe wouldn't, wouldn't think about. And again, no different than my sprint car. You know, I told myself going into this, let's just have a good time and let's have fun. Well, as the race, you get into the race mode now it's like man i want to run good you know so the pressure again kicks back in you know for myself so i was really glad it was on july 9th i was glad when july 10th hit so that way i could really (laughs) concentrate i could concentrate on you know knoxville nationals and just you know my sprint car um just because a lot of it a lot went into it traveling to charlotte a couple times and just lots of stuff that you know you normally wouldn't think about but i'll be prepared for next time well, we're definitely uh, running sprint cars the rest of the year. You mentioned going out east. Are you going out to PA to finish out the year? Yeah, I think we'll run this weekend. You know, I eighty uh, the FEP race uh, at I eighty with the Outlaws, and then Knoxville, and then I think we'll we'll probably head there next week, barring any any you know issues we have, um, and then we'll stay through the Outlaw race at you know the the Williams Grove National Open. So. Uh, it's you know we love going out there the fans are great you know a lot of money on the line it's almost like another month of money you know minus the outlaw so uh we've had some success out there um in the past but like last year same type of thing we just didn't weren't weren't that great we just kind of were there so we're looking to improve on that and go out there and like i said uh get the fvp casey's car uh, up front where it belongs well, you yeah. better get that T-shirt trailer stocked up because them crazy bastards will drain you. You might have to reload up there one at a time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great, man. Like they just um, they love their sprint car racing. They love the PA posse. They hate the outlaws, and they <laughs> love they love outsiders. You know, like yep. guys like me that come on their own will just to come and support these races. So, um, you know, my grandpa George, he's from originally from PA, so. Um, they say I'm adopted posse. So if that, <laughs> if that makes them like me and buy more shirts and let, let's, uh, go we'll it. do what we can. Yes, yeah. definitely. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for jumping on with us, but before we let you go, uh, I, I got a question for you. Um, Casey's was all over the place at Knoxville nationals. Do you have any idea how much Casey's pizza they sold out there? <laughs> no, I'm not privy to that information, but they, they definitely, um, that's, what's great. You know, Casey's does so much for our sport in general, you know, they obviously they're a primary partner on my team, you know, a sponsor of the Knoxville nationals. But I think what's cooler than most is just, uh, every racetrack, local dirt track, mostly that I see or on, you know, on pay-per-view, you can see a Casey's billboard at every single one of them pretty much. And yeah. I think that's, what's cool is they support, you know, they're not just 
support me. They support all the hometown tracks. All you know, if there's something going on in, in the hometown, the community, they're always huge supporters. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what they've really they've always given back to the communities. And um, you know, I, I feel like that at Knoxville, you know, especially at the Nationals, um, the people come that have never had their pizza and they really love it. And um, just uh, being able to to put that logo on my car. Uh, means a lot to me. Um, I'm representing their 30,000 plus employees, and um, like I said, it's a it's an honor to represent that brand. It's a very iconic brand, and you know, in the world and and in sprint car racing, and I uh, don't take it for granted. Along with FEP, and you know, we have 50 partners on our team. It takes us all to do it, and uh, like I'm proud to proud to represent every single one of those brands that are on our car. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully we see that Casey's uh, General Stores car in Victory Lane on Friday night with the Outlaws. So uh, good luck, and we'll see you Friday night. All right. You guys take care. Thanks for having us on. All right. That's Brian Brown joining us on the hotline tonight. Uh, yeah, it's uh, he's definitely found some mojo with Danny back. Yeah, it's yeah. I, we were kind of wondering, you know, what was it? And I think he alluded to really it was just a, a change of ideas. And sometimes those are the things that you have to do. Sometimes you just got to go different directions. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's pan out for him. And uh, sometimes those those breakups just need to happen. And and it seems to be benefiting everybody. And so I, I think Brian is going to have a lot of success out in PA on those big tracks. That seems to be where he does well. And he's finding the speed and he's showing it, you know, between Eldora and, and, and Knoxville. And that I, I would not, would not, even in Pennsylvania, I mean, that's a tough road to hoe. But even Pennsylvania, I would not be surprised to see him up on the podium coming those races. Especially with his new newfound life, I guess. Yeah, he, he's, that magic uh, wand? Yeah, he's definitely a contender. I, I would agree, especially on the big tracks. You know, what's, what's, cool, what's cool about Brian, and, and Justin Henderson was one of the first guys that I noticed this with. Uh, I ran into Brian a couple years ago out there at Williams Grove, and he treats it like a friend. And you, you know, you show up at a different racetrack that you not normally do. He remembers you, and he treats you like a friend. Justin Henderson was one of the first guys when he was running out here with uh, Gary Swenson. I saw him every weekend at Eagle. Then there's one weekend I went out down to Topeka, and he's running running his own car. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going, you know? So it's, it's, that's one of the cool things I like about this racing community, and, and Brian's a great ambassador with it because, you know, he'll treat you like a friend every time he sees you. Yeah, he represents the brands real well. I like, you know, he had a great point about Casey's what. You know, what other – there aren't a lot of businesses you can sit there and say are just so iconic with short track racing now anymore, and and Casey's is definitely one of them. I yeah. Think. Well, we got the Casey's General Store Midwest Fall Brawl. So, yeah. So um, they, they put money back into racing, and I think the fans, as loyal as racing fans are and have been proven to be loyal, uh, they, they, they support Casey's all the time, and uh, I'm one of them too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with grabbing a – a soda and a piece or two of Casey's pizza for lunch one day and, and go to town. Yeah. The only thing that can make ID better is have that Cubby's being a Casey's. So yeah. you, you can grab some See, pizza on your go. way home. Oh man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, I sure have been missing the quick time podcast. Hello, Brad. This is Eugene. And I just wanted to say, I'm all with you. Them goddamn three Oh fives are ruining racing. Oh boy! All right, guys, welcome back to the show, and uh, let's wrap things up here. Uh, we got some not so breaking news. Um, 
there's a new driver in the 83 car, which when that news came out that uh, Reitzel was going to be suspended by the outlaws, it was only inedible that uh, he was going to be canned by Roth. I mean, it's no secret Roth does not keep drivers that long anymore. Yeah. So when you kind of fuck up that bad, it's uh, you better get your seat out of that car. Well, the, the, the Aaron press release says that he quit Roth, but uh, according to the press release, Roth gave him some pretty specific do's and don'ts. And, Number one, you cannot cheat. And Aaron wasn't uh, uh, going to have that. Aaron's excuse was lame at best, I thought. Uh, he said that car is an old car, and they run it for years and years, and the last time they uh, sandblasted it to strip it down and paint it a different color, the sandblast caused the the wall to be too thin, and that's what flunked. Uh, that's what made that chassis illegal. I don't. Well, that. we I know a really good powder coater and sandblaster here with Kaiser blasters and coatings. We could get Jace on, and uh, he can probably uh, clear the record for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's gonna. It's gonna be hard for him to uh, to live. Uh, to what am I trying to say? He's, uh, to for people to forget. Oh yeah, about no, that. he'll he'll always get branded with that. Yeah, yeah. Just like Look uh, at Chuck Swenson. Chuck Swenson, he was cheating a lot, and, <laughs> and he comes out and runs a late model. And the first tweet was, "Has it passed through inspection yet?" Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Chuck hasn't been around for for eight years, yeah, ten years. Yeah. yeah. So Aaron's gonna. It's gonna be tough for him to live that down. Uh, I don't know who's gonna pick him up, knowing that uh, he's willing to cheat that badly. Um, it, Supposedly, according to his press release, he has options, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he brings out the 87 again. Yeah, and, you think he yeah. could go back to a, a Boffman car and, yeah. and come back? I think he burned that bridge, uh, my, I think, but I think it'll be the right to 87, and and uh, he'll finish out the year doing an outlaw-type schedule. So uh, it's you know, going back to it's really hard for me to buy the excuse about being Sam. That's one thing. That's when you get caught the first time. Yeah. And go, oh, man, let's got. Okay, we'll, you know, we'll get rid of it. But then when you go slap another sticker on it, knowing what you yeah. know, give me a. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that whole thing is it's, it's not the fact that the car was too thin. It's the fact that he pulled a sticker off a legal car and tried to cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, he, that, I think that's where the, the big fine is, the big suspension comes from. And, we know all know there's a saying that if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. And I'm sure everybody p- cheats a little bit here and there, but to be that blatant and that, uh, um, uh, well, I, I don't want to say obvious because it wasn't obvious because he won a race with it before they finally caught it. So to be that blatant about the cheating, uh, that's uh, that's a different level of cheating. And it's a safety issue. Yeah. You know, that, and especially in a sport that has, has seen the loss of, you know, very pain in in really nasty wrecks where cars have taken the beating and then to i saw a meme that uh has him leaning against a bar at dingus and it says when you when you build a sprint car chassis out of a bike frame <laughs> I, I was just gonna i was just gonna bring that up because uh, aaron reitzel is the king of sprint car memes this year if anything goes down and as you know what do you remember about you know the 2021 sprint car season it's gonna be aaron reitzel memes yeah yeah and kyle larson kicking everybody's ass and kyle larson yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Enough about Aaron. He's yeah. he's got a thirty day suspension and a ten thousand dollar fine. If he does not pay the ten thousand dollars, it will be more than that. And he's got to pay it by a certain date. And too. he's got to pay it by a certain date. So twenty uh, eighth. So yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's got the end days. of the month, and we'll see what happens with Aaron uh, the rest of the season. So, so. Uh, Casey Kane's going to be uh, driving that car for the rest of the year. That means you will see former NASCAR star Casey Kane at I eighty Speedway. Absolutely. This Friday. Yes, that's right. 
do not forget, he was a very good driver yeah. in NASCAR. And he's been And he set a well. new track record set up in Fargo. Track record Fargo, yeah. And he he had a really good run in Knoxville too. It's and and given the way his NASCAR career ended, you know, it's really good to see him back in the wheel, back behind the wheel. He's obviously having fun yeah. and enjoying what he's doing and and making, you know, making the 83 car competitive still. So what I want to know is okay, Casey jumps into this 83 car and it's fast. There's no doubt about it, he's fast in this car. What's different between that car and his car? I'm asking two sprint car knowledgeable people right now. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're running the same packages. I, I have no clue. I mean, I could see them running, running in a KK, a KKR car because we all know Aaron was running his own stuff. I don't think you're going to get Roth cars up to nationals in a day or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I would assume that they just pulled down a backup car, and that was what Casey ran in Knoxville. Because you're right, they they didn't have time to ship out a new car yeah. or anything. And and who knows what Casey's inventory was in the KKR stable? Well, Casey so. was entered in the nationals in yeah. his own in his own nine car. Right. So, so yeah, it's a good question. I I, I don't know. Um, and uh, if if maybe we can ask Casey this weekend <laughs> and just be like, hey, what happened? Yeah, so if you got to, well, you know, it, we, it goes back to what Brian said. You know, it isn't just one thing. So, yeah, yeah. It just it's just clicking. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, we've talked long and hard about the, the future of ID Speedway. Uh, get out and support ID Speedway this Friday night. Watch the World of Outlaws. I think they're only having one support class, maybe two. It's going to be a good, quite quick night. Get out there and support the World of Outlaws, I-80 this Speedway. Could, this could be the last time you see the Outlaws in Nebraska. Yep, it could be. Um, if it sells, I'm, yeah. I've got to believe that they're going to go out with a bang next year, and there's going to be some huge events next year. But uh, what we know right now is um, get out there and support the World of Outlaws in the I-80 Speedway on Saturday, Friday night and get a delicious pork fritter. Sounds like a good idea. All right, Brad. All so we're sitting. We're, so we're sitting down here in your basement. Uh, you got a bunch of photos on your walls. Got these Sammy Swindell uh, pillows made yeah. out of old T-shirts. Yep. Isn't Sammy from Germantown, Tennessee? Why does your shirt say Bartlett, Tennessee? And he, this is before my time of sprint car racing. He's so. not even a Germantown anymore. It, it was Bartlett. Then it was Germantown. Then it was. Uh, um, I, I don't even know where he's at right now. There's he, he changes all the damn time. So okay, I he's living a good life. He's I always remembered his Bartlett. He's living. See, on I always now, remember so. his Germantown. The only thing from Bartlett, Tennessee, is I believe Jason Sides. Yeah, that's all. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, he's from Bartlett. Uh, well, he was Bartlett in the Bull, uh, the Bull and Hannah's Meat Snacks car. What was that one? Yeah. So he's. I mean, it's all within the same area of Tennessee. So. Okay. So he, didn't, he didn't move very far. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my blanket and of T-shirts that I had for Sammy that my grandmother-in-law made for me. It's the last thing she did before she died. So that thing will never be – I will keep that forever. That's one thing I want to do with all my race car T-shirts is, is go get, like, a quilt made. I think that would yeah. be really cool. It's It was fun. All right, so I think that it's going to wrap things up. Do you boys have anything else, uh, big plans this weekend, or are you going to be like me and go to the races? I'm going to go to the races on Friday night with my wife, and then uh, the weekend I think I'm going to try to take the boat out to the lake and just enjoy a nice relaxing weekend. I should be out there, but combination of several factors, including my own laziness, 
probably going to keep me away from I-80. Just some family commitments, too. And uh, But I will definitely be there in spirit, definitely be watching on Dervision. Uh, much to my son's chagrin, but he wanted to be out there. But uh, and we're just going to be home. You should take your kid out there to let him ride around with Mike in the push truck all night long. <laughs> I bet he would have I, a I've blast. said this up and down. As soon as he hits 14, he's going to the pits. And I can take him every week, and yeah. I'll, I'll hand him a camera, and he'll probably outshoot me. All right, this too, is gonna so. sound this is gonna sound so stupid. And the first time I got a pit pass was at Eagle Raceway, and I thought I was like Wayne's World with my backstage passes. We got a pit pass. We got a pit pass. I was such a naive little bastard back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to go to the pits in Knoxville for the nationals every year. My dad would us three boys, and my dad would go in the pits, and my sister and mom would go up in the stands, and. Uh, just what we did. I, I I always looked at it as like a backstage pass because I mean you got to see behind the scenes of what yeah. you're watching. So I thought it was really cool. My um, then I realized how dangerous it was. Because <laughs> you got to watch your watch your back while Absolutely. you're in the pits. My first uh, pits was going into uh, Midwest Speedway, and so we'd sit there, and then I for a while I'd sat on my dad's suburban next to uh, Joe Saldana's uh, Joey's grandpa. So. Papa Joe, and then, uh, but you, you always knew that you always knew who like got in the pits at Midwest Speedway because you have your racing T-shirts, and what they do is they they'd staple those yep, little staple tickets, a little ticket on they your staple sleeve, staple the ticket to your sleeve. So the guys have like the rust stains and and holes. Holes. In the, the, that was your uh, that was your mark of being a real racer because you were going in the pits. Yep, yep. That was awesome times. Good stories. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Uh, I think we we'll, might be back next week. Uh, kind of preview the three hundred five Race Saber Nationals. Uh, maybe try to get Roger Hayden on or maybe Racine on and, and preview that. And I know our buddy James Roland will definitely come on and and uh, have nothing but praises of Eagle Raceway. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't think there's too much to complain about Eagle Raceway. They do a hell of a job out there. So I'm just giving James a little bit of shit there. So uh, everybody, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good weekend.